Is our country falling apart? That's what the majority of Americans thought in a recent poll. And when you think about it, many of the flashpoint issues people are most concerned about are also addressed in the Bible, like sexuality, justice, the sanctity of human life, and the definition of marriage. With that said, what is the role of the church in all this chaos? Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, and I'm joined today by our president, Victoria Cobb. Well, to start things out today, tell me a little bit about this pastor's tour that you've been doing all over the state of Virginia. Yeah, well, we're trying to reach out and meet with pastors and let them know what's been happening and the cultural changes in Virginia because they need to help their congregations connect biblical principles with the real-life issues that are going on. And we also want them to know what resources we have available to them. What are some of the more thought-provoking comments that you've gotten from pastors so far? They are really engaged, and we are getting great feedback. One of our pastors wants to take our Equip Worldview program for youth and actually do it synchronously out in his area with youth, which is pretty cool. We have one pastor that wants us to help him battle these bathroom issues. He's got a daughter directly in the public school facing these issues. But what the best comments that are coming to us are that I think they're really understanding what we're saying about these issues that are out in the political space that they kind of don't want to touch. They're starting to understand they reach real families, and they have a role in shepherding those families through these hard moments in our culture. As I mentioned at the outset of today's show, a recent poll showed that the majority of Americans on both sides of the political aisle, mind you, are really concerned that this country is, quote, falling apart. I think it was something like 70, 80 percent of respondents, regardless of political party. Victoria, what does that say to you about the amount of cultural chaos we are really in right now? Well, we're seeing it all around us, and we look at it as spiritual before we think about whether it's political or not. And that's why we've really been out with pastors, because they're the front lines of the spiritual battle, trying to share the gospel and change hearts and minds. And we're trying to really give them a vision of making sure that when they're sharing God's word, they're really connecting the principles to the actual things that families are facing. I've been trying to share with them just stories actually from the Soviet Union out of a book about how there were priests that even in a totalitarian society, which is unfortunately where it's starting to feel like when government's telling you what to say and when uh, corporations are telling you what you must do, um, we're just living in a place. So I'm trying to give them these visions. There was a priest in one of these stories that just got bolder and bolder preaching the gospel and speaking to real life problems of the people during that era. And I want to paint the picture because what it says about this priest is that people were so thirsty that it actually, when he would answer their questions, it was like a mouthful of water. And I want these pastors to know how thirsty people really are. Exactly. And the Family Foundation is really trying to come alongside churches really in two main ways. First, we want to equip churches and pastors to protect their religious freedoms to even operate because we really are under direct assault right now from our own government in Virginia. Yeah, I mean, we're struggling under new laws like the Virginia Values Act that, that even includes churches and Christian schools and all these other faith-based entities and says, we're going to try to tell you how to hire, how to fire, how to use your facilities. So what we're out there doing is helping the church get this vision for both protecting themselves as, as an entity from unnecessary litigation, but also trying to help them understand that they've got to be part of the battle to keep the doors open for the gospel, that there's actually a political battle for people of faith to be able to go out with their faith and be in the public square and be in the marketplace and not face consequences. 
And we've been seeing things like this with both COVID and the Virginia Values Act, right? Absolutely. And we are trying to help churches walk through that moment with COVID and just, you know, the, the, having the government tell you you can't have your doors open. That's a new thing. We've never faced that before in Virginia um, during our time. And so these pastors are just aware now that there's real impact to public policy affecting their church. And I'm just thinking about this pastor in Canada who was jailed after his church decided to worship in person. They had done months of online streaming, and then, then they decided that to follow the Bible, they needed to worship in person. You know, but unlike here, he's thrown in jail. Well, yeah, we actually in Virginia had pastors weighing into the governor's office trying to help him understand why having a per person capacity limit, like you can only have 10 people in your church meeting at a time, was ridiculous. And, and actually, that's part of how we got to at least a percentage of people being allowed in in buildings was pastors actually telling the governor this does not work for us and so it just reminds me of this email that i got from this uh politician and it was one who was really counter to our faith uh, so it caught my attention. It said, if you don't have a seat at the table, you're probably on the menu. And that really got me thinking because we know pastors are busy. They are running their church. They are shepherding the flock. They're out in their communities spreading the gospel and being the hands and feet of Christ. And they don't necessarily always have time to be watching the General Assembly, to be engaging in the public policy process. So we try to be a seat at the table for them. But sometimes we actually need them to join us because we are so much better when we all speak together, when the legislators hear from churches in their own districts. It means something. Yeah. Give me some examples of that, of when you feel like pastors were able to show up in person and really help sway the debate. Well, the first example I'll give you, which is not exactly to your question, but I had a pastor actually come down to the General Assembly and he walked into a room and all he saw were pink shirts with Planned Parenthood and he was the only pastor. And it really made an impact. Of, he literally said, why are more of us not down here? And I thought, yeah, we've been feeling that for a while, but we do have these great moments where pastors come down, particularly during the Virginia Values Act last year. We had a, ch- a lot of churches come down and try to testify about how this was going to harm their ministry. And especially also in the adoption agency entity, we had uh, a, ch- a pastor of a very, very large church up in Northern Virginia come and testify about how important their work with adoption was. And because there are a couple of legislators on the committee who know that he influences people in their district, it made a difference. And, you know, when the laws don't go the right way, there's also a legal side to this. Can you tell us a little bit about the Founding Freedoms Center and how they're standing by for pastors? Yeah, we're telling pastors about it because it's going to need to be a resource. But it's going to be the case that some of these churches are going to find themselves with people challenging their values, challenging how they implement their values. So if we're out there just helping them understand we will come and we will go to bat with you in a courtroom if that's necessary. Well, we've got resources online, right? I mean, where do they go? What's the website for the Law Center? What kind of documents are on there specifically for churches? Yeah, well, we have foundingfreedomslaw.org, and they go to that website, and they're going to find examples of, like, for example, uh, template bylaws, policy personnel manuals, facility use policies, all those things, and we're trying to help them at least have a starting point. Well, just to put this all into perspective, what happens if churches aren't proactive, if they just kind of think, well, it's not impacting me, so I can kind of um, not deal with this right now? What is actually going to be the cost of that to our state, to our culture, if too many of them do that? 
Well, I, I just don't think for a long time pastors have understood how tenuous our religious freedom here is here in Virginia, and that policy can actually remove that. And so if they don't act, that will be the continued direction that we go. And it won't just be, you know, who you hire and fire. It'll be your homeless ministry disappears because they'll say, you know, Christians don't need to engage in that. I mean, we saw a legislator compare Christian adoption agencies to the Ku Klux Klan. When you have that happen, there's a mentality there that these pastors need to be aware of to protect the work that they're doing to get the gospel into their community. Well, if people are listening today and they want to get their pastor plugged in, or if you are a pastor, let me just mention a couple of easy ways to get involved. Just go to our website, familyfoundation.org, and go to the church engagement section. You can sign up for the Team Timothy prayer alert, and also make sure you sign up for our email alert, Speak Up Virginia email alerts, and get your pastor on that. Thanks for tuning in. If you're just now joining us for Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. For more information about us or the topics we're addressing, you can visit familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. Another main way that we're really trying to come alongside pastors is just trying to give them resources to equip their own congregation, the people that are sitting in those pews week after week and are really experiencing the fallout of this culture war in their own homes and their schools. Yeah, I try to share with pastors on the tour that when we're out there is that there are people sitting in their pews that have real-time decisions all around these issues. The decisions they make are going to have a larger cultural impact. I mean, if you think about it, you've got people in pews right now who are trying to decide, we've got transgender guidelines coming to public schools. Am I going to pull my children out? You've got teachers that are going to experience the forced pronouns, and you've got counselors who last year could counsel kids who had unwanted same-sex attraction and this year they're told that's illegal and it will take their license. You have all kinds of professionals that are sitting in corporate rooms all across Virginia and they're getting these training sessions and sometimes they're aligned with God's word because they're just about being nicer to people but sometimes they're a whole lot more than that and they actually counter what people should be doing if they're believers and so they're trying to decide this is how I make my livelihood do I sacrifice my job? And we want these pastors to shepherd well in this moment. So they need to understand that that's what people are facing as a result of our public policy in Virginia. And the sad part is a lot of people sitting in their pews are now under the impression because they don't know our religious freedoms that they can't even talk about the, the gospel at their own place of business. I have to share that when I did Bring Your Bible to School Day at Focus on the Family, I was hearing from kids and parents all the time who really thought it was illegal to bring their Bible to school, even just put it in their locker, because that was the hostile environment they had, so they just assumed that was the law of the land. And we don't want to lose our culture simply because people don't know their Bible and they don't know their, their legal freedoms. You know, it reminds me of that verse, for lack of knowledge, my people perish. It does bring to mind when we talk about just being in, in what's getting to be more and more of a hostile culture, um, the life of Jeremiah in the Bible, who spoke to a culture for decades, not just a few years, but decades, that was just outright rejecting the truth he was bringing. And yet he says, the word of the Lord has brought me insult and reproach all day long. But if I say I will not mention his word or speak any more in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. I, I just love that verse because it's it's everything about the heart that we have at the Family Foundation, how we're trying to come alongside the church in this time. And I'd say in many ways we have our own Jeremiah challenge right here in Virginia, right? Yeah, I mean, sometimes it does feel like we may, you know, we may or may not see the results we want to see, but because it is the second year we've had the individuals with a different mindset making our public policy in our General Assembly. And it's it's 
impactful in ways that are just truly harmful. We've seen historic reversals of our protections for mothers and unborn babies that we had passed and some of the most sweeping laws in the nation that celebrate LGBT dogma at the expense of religious freedom. So there's some tough stuff going on. And clearly we are trying to speak God's truth into a culture um, where, where the powers that be are celebrating everything that is opposed to God's word. And like Jeremiah and specifically the church, uh, we are we still speaking up? Because we are and we're doing it because it burns within us and we can't do otherwise. And that really is the spirit that has inspired what we're doing here, our Speak Up Virginia initiative at the Family Foundation. I just want to briefly touch on that because it's a place where churches can really get plugged in. And it's this whole effort to really build a mobilization force across the whole state through text and email um, but a key part of that effort that I think will be especially helpful to churches, and if you're hearing this and you want to share it with your church, is our Speak Up conversation tips on the website that really just brings up the most controversial issues we're dealing with in our culture right now, whether it's critical race theory or transgenderism, what have you, and present that in a truth and grace way that will help people in the pews have conversations with their neighbors. So I'll just mention real quick, familyfoundations.org slash speakupvirginia. That's familyfoundation.org slash speakupvirginia. That's where you can find all those talking points. Yeah, we really believe it's time for the church, for the body of Christ to reclaim its scriptural role in speaking up for those who can't speak for themselves, just like it says in Proverbs 31.8. And God originally gave that role to the church. It's our role as the body of Christ to speak up for the vulnerable and, and those that are being led away to slaughter. Well, it's that time again, time for our Inconceivable Moments Award, where we're featuring examples of the absolute lunacy and craziness that happens when our cultural leaders try to give guidance completely apart from biblical principles. And we're calling this the Liberals' Most Inconceivable Moments Award. Inconceivable! Well, we all knew that nothing is ever really safe in the cancel culture, but still, it's a bit of a shock when they go after the Muppets. That's right. This week's Inconceivable Award is going to go to Disney, which felt it necessary to add warning labels to several episodes of The Muppets. Yeah, I am really starting to think that we have lost any ability whatsoever to just have good old-fashioned satire in this culture. I mean, how is late-night comedy going to survive anymore? Yeah, people loved The Muppets, and they loved them because they were tongue-in-cheek. They were satire. They were parody. It's just silly humor. But now we're also hypersensitive and politically correct, and Disney felt they couldn't release these 1970s episodes without warning labels because certain portrayals might offend some people. Yeah, this retroactive censorship, it just has no stopping point because Disney's also label labeling things like Peter Pan, Lady and the Tramp, The Jungle Book. I mean, basically, if there's anybody anywhere that might possibly be offended in their corner of the world, we got to slap a warning label on it. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, but it's not because the honest truth is it's a little bit frightening to see this kind of content control. And we think about it entering into a totalitarian society where all of a sudden we've got to have groupthink and any, anything, you know, we can't have any nuance in things or creativity. We've got to take this one-size-fits-all approach to everything. It's alarming, actually. Thanks for joining us for this week's Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. Visit us at familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. See you next time. And don't forget, we are stronger when we speak together. <laughs>